like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, is Corey R. Star, a.k.a. Corey Voyeur. How you doing, Corey? Glad the week is over. How are you? I am uh, I'm good. I'm excited that the week is over, and I'm also, next week is exciting, but nerve-wracking at work, and yet, um, I, I, I've been watching a lot of movies because of the Fantasia Film Festival that has officially started, uh, for those who live in Canada, um, you can watch the movies that we, uh, Matt and I have been reviewing on the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, and we both have been posting our written reviews on our, uh, respective sites, uh, BerkReviews.com, obviously, for this site, and what I watch tonight.co.uk for his. But um, I I hit like a wall because of work where I have not been able to watch nearly as many movies. And it's it's kind of bumming me out because I like watching a lot of movies. And um, yeah, it, it's, you know, so like I, I wasn't able to get nearly as many in this week, but I still got a few. And, and speaking of watch a lot of movies, I want to take a moment to uh, congratulate oh. Big Tuna. Um you got excited. Yeah. yeah. You knew I was going. Yes, I did. Uh, so uh, in 2016, I started Burke Reviews um, with the intent of basically following what Doug Benson did the year before. In 2015, Doug Benson watched uh, 365 movies, one movie for every day. He didn't watch them each day, but he watched that many movies total. And then he, um, not knowing he was going to challenge his listeners, I like, I'm going to do the same thing, but 2016 is a leap year. So I'm going to watch 366 movies. Uh, and then I, I changed the rules a little bit and I made it where I was going to watch seven movies a, a week. So I had to at least watch seven movies each week. Again, I gave myself a little wiggle room. So if I missed a day, I could watch two in one day or whatever. But um, I exceeded that. But when I started it, I challenged my students uh, to watch as many movies as they could and to write reviews. And only one student took me up on that. And that was Sean, um, a.k.a. Big Tuna. Um, Sean got into it. And to be fair... Sean was already a movie encyclopedia when he came into my class. So uh, he was more of like a rival film person than he was a complete student. I did. I'd like to think I taught him some things, but he's also taught me some things, especially now. Um, but he did introduce me to Letterboxd. Uh, he had gone to a Duke film camp over the summer and he, he someone introduced him to Letterboxd there. He came back, told me about it. Um, I, I logged in for the first time in 2016, but it wasn't until 2017 I really like actively started using Letterboxd all the time. Um, and I'm a big fan. I talk about it all the time. I, I you know Every ep- end of ep- episodes, I say you can follow me on Letterboxd. Well, Letterboxd started doing a blog called How I Letterboxd earlier this year. They've only done six of these posts. And Sean got to be the sixth post interview, um, which was a huge deal. And uh, his website, Disappointment Media, is represented there. But... Um, the reason he got selected was his use of letterbox. And it's such a staggering statistic. I don't know if you caught this, but he has seen almost uh, what from the interview to now. So I talked to him today about it. He's watched um, almost 500 movies from 2020. What? So not, not just like movies from this year because of all of the, the festivals that he's been in and all of the screeners that he watches he has seen more movies than any other user on Letterboxd from this year. And Dang. that's what ca- caught his attention. Yeah. 
And so really cool little detail um, because he does, if you uh, go to his site, he reviews a ton of movies and um, you know, he, I, it, I'm, I'm proud that he was my student. I, again, I can't take a lot of credit for the, the film person that he is um, or his like writing style. He was smart when he got to me. He was a movie lover when he got to me. Um, you know, I did what I could. I hope uh, I, you know, we've stayed in touch since he graduated and he's uh, at film school right now, in fact. Um, and I'm very, I'm proud that he was able to get this cool accomplishment. And so if you, uh, check out, if you go to letterbox.com, it's on the main page, which is also really cool. And I can't deny, I'm very, I'm very proud that he gave me a shout out at the end of the, uh, the article. And I gotta say, it's not like, you know, gangbusters, but I've had a lot of new followers because of that, that article, um, on letterbox, which has been pretty cool because every, you know, every once in a while I look at my phone and I'll have like eight notifications from letterbox. I'm like, Oh sweet uh and I, I follow everybody back because it's a film community and that's one of the things i love about letterbox is it's not people posting their their agendas it is people posting their uh their movie opinions and sometimes i agree and other times i severely disagree with them but um it is really cool uh it's a it's a great site if you're not using it and you love movies i really recommend it they are not sponsors but i just i again i've been using it for four years i'm a big fan um of the site itself but uh yeah, it's it's pretty crazy uh, how many movies, and unless I'm still misreading, but um, either way, he has seen more movies from 2020 than any other. He's logged more movies to be accurate, uh, meaning using the the service of Letterbox to like keep a diary of what he's watched. Um, check out the article; it's a good interview. Uh, he kind of gives his take on 2020 movies. This is one of the weirdest years in cinema because theaters have been shut down. So a lot of the big blockbusters that we were expecting to have, uh, we would have seen um black widow and tenant already we would see mulan um uh quiet place 2 which was uh -huh. taken out of theaters right right at the beginning of covid um there's there's several other films that i'm not thinking of for some reason because i maybe i've blocked them out so i don't i don't miss them as much um but tons of movies we would have already seen uh taken out of our options we didn't get to see them at all and um, for some people that meant there's no movies this year, but for people like Sean and myself, uh, we are actively looking for all types of cinema, not just the big blockbusters. We love indie films and a lot of those were already going to be VOD anyways. And so those came available and, um, you know, Sean makes an effort to, to see everything. And he, he's got a, a pretty, like his taste is wide. He likes some things that other people wouldn't like, and he dislikes some things that many people do like. And it's not, he's not one of the critics who is like anti blockbuster by any means. So it's, if you haven't t checked out his stuff, I say, you know, do it. Of course he's been on our podcast before. Um, he's been a part of the, uh, the Oscar nominations. Um, this was the first year where we didn't do a uh, take six challenge. Um, we did that two Februarys consecutively. We were going to do it this February and I was overwhelmed with stuff. So I, 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 backed off and then COVID happened and I just still never felt uh, like I could commit to the challenge um, where we challenge each other to watch specific movies. And plus he's made me watch some bad movies over the years. I wasn't feeling that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to take a minute and give a shout out to uh, big tuna and a, AKA Sean, I guess it should be the other way around, but you know, it, it's, I, I like to call him big tuna because that's what his original reviews were all under. Um, and of course you can follow him on Twitter. Um, I think it's big tuna on film. Um, so give them a, give them a look and check out letterbox. And that leads us to, uh, how we've been doing. You sounded like you were having 
a tough week or is there anything you want to vent real fast or um, get off your your chest so to speak just glad that it's over and i don't know i don't know like usually i will work overtime because i have a specific goal that i'm working towards like if i'm going on a trip or something or mm-hmm. want to go to a music festival or something that costs you know a bit of money and i don't feel right just taking it out of my bank account or you know don't want to <laughs> do that to our bank account and i worked some overtime this week and i'm like acting like i'm gonna go do something fun anytime soon i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean um so i i'm working uh most of my i've been working back like on campus this week was the first time we've been on campus as uh since march um because pretty much i think it was march 25th uh we went home it was a Friday, and then um, like two hours after we were, you know, doing our normal night routines, uh, we got a phone call from our, our principal that you know schools were closed and we would be closed until further notice, and then we never reopened. Um, and so this is the first week we've been back on campus, but we've our school and my principal have taken COVID very seriously, and so we've uh, we like instead of having staff meetings, we've had Zoom meetings from our classrooms. Um, usually, my school is really great about like. They want us to get kind of like camaraderie and so they buy us lunch several times or they'll do like a breakfast one day lunch one day we couldn't do that gathering but they still bought us lunch um like basically brown paper bag lunches uh panera two days and we had a personal pan pizza from pizza hut and then um today was honestly as great as the panera sandwich and chips and cookie which by the way the best chocolate chip cookie i've ever had is from panera uh which i shouldn't have had the cookie but i've worked really hard so i did um but today we had uh, one of our my coworkers um, who is a half half happy person. Um, her husband caters, and they uh, they recruited him. He he often caters one of our meals every year, anyways. But different scenario because we can't have a buffet style lunch because of all the the disease and whatnot. So um, they he did uh, lasagna, salad, garlic knot, and cookie in like um, you know to go boxes, and man. Oh, that lasagna was on point. It was so, so good. Um, so it was a good week of food, despite like not really getting to be around my peers and whatnot. And, um, you know, it's weird prepping for next week, which is only going to be online for us. But, uh, and, you know, for me, the online component or more even like the tech component is something I've always been really comfortable with. I've always loved computers. Um, I, I would know I'm not an expert per se. <clears throat> I am verse though and i do have a degree in it uh so i'm definitely in it's in my my uh, wheelhouse and so i've been helping a lot of other teachers who are less comfortable um try to get comfortable and answering questions and at the same time um i've been teaching now for a long time this is uh year 14 but year 10 with this school um and so you know I'm, i'm a veteran and i i've embraced that side of being a veteran teacher and become like a teacher trainer and a teacher leader and it's it's been a week it's been a good week um i can't like sit here and say i'm not stressed at all because i'm always a little stressed because i want things to go well mm-hmm. you know um but yeah we don't know what this is going to look like and that's kind of been my big mantra of the week is like the expectations are high because we don't want students to be let down we don't want to let them fall behind but at the same time nobody's ever done exactly what we're doing like even this is different than when we went for quarter four we went online but that was like 
okay, well, we've already been with you for three quarters of the year. You've technically already finished the year, so we can, yeah, we can finagle and we can make things work for the last quarter. But this is like, no, we're starting from scratch. We have no room for you to like slack off or you to, we have no grades or anything to like, to lift you up based on your performance this quarter. So like we have to set the bar really high so that they don't take this, you know, it's gotta be different. Like imagine the one of your many years of school that we had to go through, right? The first day of school, you can probably remember like most of the first day of schools because it's stressful. You, who's going to be in my classes and all of that. That's not going to be an experience. Some like all think of being a freshman. It's my first day of high school online like so many things are gonna just not be for the for these kids and so you know and worse is that for the last four months they haven't really had to leave their house and what how do you change that mindset that on monday morning you have to get up early and you have to be on a computer to be in class um because that is different from last quarter where we did it kind of more like we made it work within the day we're we're following a schedule so like school starts at 8 30 you should be in your first period digital room at 8 30 um so it's there's a lot of like unknowns that we're going to be tackling over the next couple of weeks and of course there will be tons of technical errors and that's where you know people who aren't really comfortable with tech are quick to dismiss the technical errors like as like look it's broken it doesn't work you know where i'm more like no no <laughs> me things, things go wrong yeah no, like right before this. we recorded this <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, so it's it's been it's been fun um, getting kind of in the swing of things. And to be honest, uh, it's been kind of great having somewhere to go each day because, you know, I, I'm used to going to work. And then for the last, you know, four months, I haven't been able to go to my classroom and my classroom is my home away from home. I've been in that room for a long time um, now. I think I think I, I took that room in like 2012. And, you know, so it's 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 my other room. Uh, not being there has been weird. So being back in it, even alone, um, has been nice. Uh, we do have to have our temperatures taken every day. Interesting. Um, so we have a, a infrared thermometer. We're also going to be taking, uh, when the students actually are back on campus, which is in two weeks, we'll be taking their temperatures with the infrared. Um, like, like it looks kind of like a radar gun, like, like the police used to like track your speed, but um, you know, you point it at their forehead. But it's weird because I have to let this person walk up to me who I know I've known for many years, but like walk up and like just point this gun shaped item at me and pull a trigger, you know? And I'm just like, I'm glad I trust you because this is totally nerve wracking that you're just like pointing this device at my head. Like, cause it could be anything. Um, but we have a, uh, this, I haven't seen this yet, but we've ordered, there's this uh, thermometer where you just put your arm under it oh. and it, it like checks your wrist temperature. Um, it's supposed to be like the faster way to like what you walk in, you just kind of put your arm underneath it and it checks your temperature. As long as you don't have a fever, you're good to go. Um, you know, cause we're, we're trying to avoid spreading the, the virus. I think it's so funny because like I naturally run a little cooler than most people and <laughs> I had to have my temperature taken for like one of my appointments I had <laughs> a couple months ago and they were a little freaked out. <laughs> I'm like, wow, how, guys, how much cooler is it? Uh, like four or five degrees, you know? Wow. Yeah. yeah that's, I mean, I've heard, I've heard that a lot. In fact, because of COVID, I've heard a lot of people talking about that. Like some people run several degrees cooler. I run like 96.8. Um, 
So that's like two degrees cooler than what they used to say is 98.6 was like the norm. Mm -hmm. Um, I fluctuate between 96.8 and like 97.5. That seems to be the ranges that I've seen in my uh, taking of the thermometer. And I don't know if that could be the different thermometers as well, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's been my week. Um, We will uh, head into what we've been watching. So listeners, I haven't even talked about what movie or what uh, episode this is, but this is August, uh, still 2020. We're uh, in the theme of uh, you're speaking my language, and we're going to be reviewing the film Caché uh, in a little bit. But before we do that, we'd like to look at the other things we've been watching since the last time we recorded. Uh, Corey, why don't you go ahead and go first and tell us what you've been watching. Great. Okay. Um, I watched The Burning, which is an 80s slasher film I'd never seen mm. before. It's streaming on Shutter. Also... I'm going to have an annual Shutter subscription because they're only going to charge me $3.99 a month for a year. Nice. Um, take my money, please. And I've been watching the Powerpuff Girls. It's so good for my lunchtime and stuff because I work from home, but I only take a 30-minute lunch. Um, I roped Bill. I've been wanting to rewatch them so bad. And I roped Bill into watching uh, Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049 with me on Sunday. Nice. Yeah, so good. I think I need the score on vinyl for 2049. Maybe, mm. yeah. Um, I w- I've been, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say I need to rewatch 2049. I loved it so much, and I'm such a big fan of Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. And I've uh, not gone back to it because I've watched the new stuff, but definitely need to rewatch it. Yeah, I forgot how much longer it is than the first one, but it's... Mm. So good. And I didn't realize that there were seven different versions of the first movie. And, um, seven. Seven. I, wow. Yeah. I, I knew there were four. I've seen all four of the ones that I knew existed. I did not know there were more. Wow. Um, as far as I know, I've only seen the one version, like, that doesn't have any voiceover. The final cut. That's the uh, quote unquote Ridley Scott's preferred version. Yes. I like the voiceover. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. Um, maybe I'll have to watch it in a couple years when I, you know. Um, and I watched for the first time What We Do in the Shadows. Also, Bill had seen that with me. And we both laughed so hard. Taika Waititi, it, he's just so great. Um, he truly is. I love him so much. Um, and then I watched, I think this is on Netflix, but um, We Summoned the Darkness with, Al- is it Alexandra Daddario? Uh, yes, that's how you say her name. I don't know that movie, but yeah. Okay, it's, um, so I think that they did a really good job. It takes place in the 80s. It's about this cult that keeps murdering people, but yeah, it's really good. Um, that was the one I talked to you briefly about that has T. Swift's brother in it, um, as one of the characters, and then, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And that's all. Um, I finished Gilmore Girls, but I don't remember what day that was, so I don't know if I had done that already. But I finished all seven seasons of Gilmore Girls, and I finished uh, the Netflix series, which I thought was just four measly episodes, but it's actually four freaking movies. Oh. Um, because each one's an hour and a half, except the last one is uh, four, uh, two hours, not four hours. I almost doubled it. Uh, two hours, though. Um. I, I really like the show overall. Um, I did not love the Netflix uh, revival very much. I think they they fall into a trap of Netflix shenanigans that I didn't care for. Um, but overall, 
Um, I'm glad that I am done with it. Not no offense to it, but it's it was such a commitment of time, and uh, I, at the same time now I feel when I just want something on in the background, which is how I kind of was watching it anyways. Um, I don't ha- currently have a series picked out, and I don't really want to start another one just yet because I don't know what you know my time is going to be right now. Yeah. But um, I've watched a few movies that I can talk about. Uh, my reviews for two of these are posted. One I can- I haven't written yet, but I will uh I will be um. I watched a documentary called Clapboard Jungle, Surviving the Independent Film Business. That's all the whole title. Um, I really like this because it's an inside look at a, a filmmaker who is making the documentary, but he's also a filmmaker trying to get his other films made. So it's it, you kind of get a little bit of transparency. He is not a big fish or big player, so he doesn't get to like bring the camera into like some of the meetings that he has, which I think would have made the documentary all the better. But I did really enjoy it. Um, and it's something that I think I could use like, as a film teacher to kind of introduce what, what it would be like to make movies on it, especially independent film. Um, and then I uh, watched a documentary that I knew nothing about going in called Feels Good Man. So do you know the meme Pepe the Frog? Yes. So this is about the guy who created him, uh, but not as a meme. He's a comic book character in a, in a comic book that this guy did, an indie comic book called um, Boys Club. And... Uh, the movie is just really well constructed and it goes into some crazy dark stuff uh, because of the Pepe controversy, right? It starts off as a very innocent meme. It gets repurposed by some, uh, some the right, the alt-right and becomes a hate symbol, like an officially recognized hate symbol at some point. Hillary Clinton is attacked with it. And that's where after that it becomes, a, uh, and this isn't like, I'm not spoiling the documentary because this was all public stuff. I won't, I'm not framing how the documentary goes into it, but um, I, it was a really great doc and definitely worth looking for. It will be out at some point, I'm sure. Um, it is at the Fantasia Film Festival. Both of those oh. movies are. Um, then I watched a horror movie that, again, I have not written my review for just yet, uh, but it's called Sleep. Um, I, I actually liked it quite a bit. Uh, it's, what? What do you mean? What? You don't watch a lot of horror Oh, well, it's Fantasia Festival is a genre kind of specific festival. So a lot of the movies have some genre pieces. And I, it's again, I, I do like horror. Um, I, a lot of the movies that I'm picking, I'm picking with Matt. And Matt had already watched this one. It is, I believe, a German horror film. It's definitely German. What am I saying? Um, but uh, it, I watched it right before bed. And I, I wouldn't say it was scary. But it had some really cool ideas and imagery in it. And there were a few points where I like, you know, kind of gasped, but not like still it never was like terrified or anything. But I really did enjoy the movie, but I did have nightmares. Um, I, they weren't directly related to the film, but in my dream and I have already told uh, Sanchez, our uh, former podcast buddy, when we were doing the top five movie podcast, um, that I had a dream about him. And uh, like just there were like tornadoes and then he fell asleep by the fire and he he didn't make it and it like i was just like stay away from fires um oh my gosh. So, like in real life I, I did i was like i messaged him I'm like hey i had a nightmare you were in it stay away from fires and uh <laughs> can you imagine getting a text or like something like that <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's it, the movie's called sleep uh so it does involve like dreams to a degree um which they do some really cool visuals i don't i was really into the movie um I haven't decided my final rating, but it's a, it's definitely more positive than negative. Um, and then I watched the movie we're going to be talking about now, uh, Cache. Um, I don't think I've watched anything else. Uh, it's been a, I, I, well, right before we were recording, I was watching Scott Pilgrim versus the World, but I've seen that 
so many times, but I needed something to kind of just decompress and chill while I was waiting to uh, be able to record. And I knew I was limited on time. I didn't finish the movie. I probably won't go back to it because I don't need to. I've seen it a, a million times, but it's, it's a good comfort movie and um, definitely made the right call. I was having a good time watching it. I was doing other the stuff while I was watching it. But music is so good in it. Like, mm. it's just so good. Um, are you... I'm a little bothered because I just got an email or I got an email today about like Tenet coming out soon and I really want to see Tenet but your girl doesn't want to go to the movie theater. Yeah. Because I also I'm with you. don't want to die. <laughs> Get sick. I'm, I'm kind of torn because like they're going to be as of right now I, my job is going to be putting me into room That's with people. fair. And so I'm like I'm like and it's going to be for long time periods because like our class periods are going to be like 90 minutes. Um, I shouldn't be more than like 13 people with me, but still like, uh, if any of them are sick, uh, we're in a room for a long time. So it's, you know, who knows? Does everyone have to wear a mask? Yes. Um, our, our school system is making it required. Um, so yeah, my, my system, which is a system within a system, um, is very, very focused and seems to be of a similar state of mind as we are. And so it's been as good as it could be, um, given the circumstances. Because I like I really want to be back with my students. Like I miss my students, but I also don't want to get COVID. Nor do I want to potentially, let's say, I got it from one student, give it to another student somehow. You know, like yeah, I don't want any of that. Um, so you know, it, it's it's nerve wracking, but I really do. Excuse me, I do want to see Tenet really badly. Um, on another note, though, I am going to be watching um, Bill and Ted's uh, t- Face the Music um, without having to go to a theater because of BurkeReviews.com. Yes. So you will get my review for that in the near future. Um, I haven't seen it yet, so I have nothing to say on it. I'm just I'm hoping that everything's going to work out. And I'm going to be able to watch it um, and not have to go to the theater for it. So that'll be exciting. Uh, Tenet, they're not going to do that for um, anyways. They already are, rarely do critic screenings for like that movie. Uh, especially not for critics of my caliber, uh, much more indie, you know, small market critic. Um, but uh, I really want to see it. I've been wanting to see it for a long time, pretty much since I saw Dunkirk. Cause I Just didn't even know teaser? it was going to be it. We didn't even know what yeah. it was going to be about. And I'm like, Oh, Christopher Nolan, I'm in. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all they had to do am, was flash the name. I am unabashedly a Christopher Nolan fan. Um, and his movies I, just need to be on the big screen. That is the other thing. And that is not even an opinion. He literally makes the movies to be seen on the widest screen possible. And um, I would love to go to IMAX, but the closest IMAX theater is in Orlando. And Orlando has got way too many people to risk going to that. Um, I have My theater is not officially open, the, the local one. Um, I know some Regals did open up today. Um, I haven't heard much about that. I don't know if people went out to the movies or anything. I haven't seen anything discussing it. I know some AMCs open today as well. And I think a few of the other chains started like slowly reopening. Um, I, I really want to go back to the theater. I just don't know that I'm going to. I don't know if I can. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, they have Pepsi now anyway, (laughs) so I'll have my mask on the whole time. But, oh, you know what? what? I didn't even think about that, but I did stay. Um, I opened the Regal app because I had a notification because they have uh, like the concessions. You can order the concessions on on the app now. Oh yeah, because it's like contactless. 
and it did have a picture of Pepsi. I didn't even put that together when I when I looked at it. They're but. helping me save so much money. They don't even know. Yeah, I know, man. I hope they have something I will drink. Like, <clears throat> I can't like Pepsi Zero is not the worst thing. <sighs> Diet Pepsi is awful. I do not like Diet Pepsi. Um. And I drink diet soda, mind you. So like, not not consistently, but when I drink soda, I drink diet. So like, I'm used to the diet flavor, but diet Pepsi is just bad. Um, but that's that's enough about theaters. We've been talking about these the movie theaters for a few weeks, and I, we're still at the same place. Mine did open. Now I that, think. I, well, I think we were. You, it probably did. You're in a much bigger city than I am. Um, mine's supposed to open next week oh. if it if everything stays in. No, you know there aren't major travesties all over the country because of it. Um, I don't know, man. The theater just seems like the worst potential place. I won't go to a, COVID. a restaurant. I mean, I feel like restaurants are the worst because everyone has their masks off. But like, you know, I have only eaten inside two restaurants um, since COVID, basically, and both of them were empty when we ate, ate there. That was my stipulation. It was like, I will eat inside. If there's only the employees, because the employees are wearing masks, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that like there may have been one other like couple or whatever, but it was it was by no means crowded, and we were not sitting in like a line where the air conditioning could spread it or whatever. Um, so like I've done that twice, and I was nervous both times, mind you. Like I was very uncomfortable because I'm just like it's, it's empty right now, but what if we're like midway through our meal and like thirty people show up? What do you do then? You know, um. I have ordered out many, many times, which is supposed to be completely safe. And I've, you know, gotten takeout or, or like pick up from a few restaurants. I love our, the Chinese restaurants and the, uh, technically Japanese, although they've kind of more of like a Asian fusion restaurant. Um, they've all done some really interesting things to keep everybody safe, like to keep customers and employees safe. They've built like little entryways at their front door or like wooden barriers with like a flap to pass the food through. Like, it's been really impressive to see uh, what they're doing, like, those those restaurants specifically, because other restaurants here are just acting like there's nothing happening, <laughs> like, no problems. Yeah. Um, and then other, there are some who, like, take it somewhat seriously, but there's still clearly, like, a divide about, like, how far they really buy into it. And one last COVID story before we move on. I, I just got a new phone. I, I upgraded to the, uh, the Note Ultra 20. Uh, or the Note 20 Ultra uh, that just came out officially today, but I pre-ordered mine and I got it two days ago. Oh, nice. Um, but I had to sh- send my old phone in because it was like a trade-in offer. And so I had to go to the UPS store near me. And I, I got really like worried because I, before I w- opened the door, I could see that there was like a line in it. I was like, man, how many people are in there? And I opened the door and luckily that people were staying apart six feet. So that it wasn't as many people as it looked like they were just spaced out far enough that it looked like there was a lot of people. Um, just cause like normally there's nobody by the door because it's like, it's a deep, like the cash register is way back in the back. So I was like, Holy crap, what's going on? Um, but the woman who I have to stand behind is not wearing a mask, but she is, she has her shirt pulled up over her face. Okay. Which I'm like, this is weird that like are you trying to pretend like you have a mask so you don't get kicked out or are you actually afraid but if you're afraid why don't you have a mask you know like i had a lot of it was uncertain and i hear her i hear her explain to the cashier that she didn't think it was going to take this long and she should have grabbed a mask because she has so many in her truck but she doesn't carry them on her and i'm just thinking 
So you're under the impression that COVID has a time limit? Like, because what do you mean it wasn't going to take this long? Wear the freaking mask. Like, that you wouldn't be in this predicament had you just wore the mask that you were claiming you have. So, of course, she could be lying. Maybe she didn't have a mask and that was her excuse to, like, not get kicked out or whatever. Even though, from what I, when I realized she didn't have one, I did, like, look around to see if there was any signage in the store and there was not. All the employees were wearing masks. They have plexiglass in front of the register. Clearly, they're taking it seriously, but yet they're not mandating that customers wear one. Um, maybe because of all the postal scare, even though it's U, uh, UPS, they do have like postal drop off at this particular store. Um, but that was my encounter at the end of my day. Like I'd been, you know, been at work all day. Um, I, I didn't get to do a lot of what I personally needed to do because I was helping everyone else doing things and, um, which is okay. I, I'm like, I'm that's part, I guess kind of the normal part of teaching. But, uh, when I had, when that happened, I was really frustrated. Like, come on, man, I don't, I, I'm, taking all these precautions and I walk into a store and I have to, you know, I have to send this back. That's, I don't really have another choice in the matter. Um, and this dang lady just, Oh, I forgot my mask. Like we live in a time where you can't forget your mask. It's just, that's the I thing. Just you can't forget purse. hand sanitizer. Right. Well, I don't have a purse, but <clears throat> you know, my, my morning ritual when I, whenever I'm leaving the house is, you know, I, I get my wallet. Yes. Do I have my keys? Yes. Do I have my hand sanitizer? Yes. Do I have my mask? That, that's like, and my cell phone. But those are the uh, the key things that I now check. And um, not to say I haven't almost walked out a few times without grabbing something, but, um, you know, if I, if like, if I forget and put the hand sanitizer in a different spot than I normally do, I've, I have walked out, like, assuming it's in my pocket, but it's not. Mm. But that said, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into our review of Cache from 2005. I'm trying to get to the app. All right, we are back. And we are going to be getting into our review of Cache. If you've never listened to the show before, no worries right now. We do not do spoilers without giving you a much bigger warning. We like to just kind of give our general thoughts on the film. But first... I got to give the, the stats and talk about who's in it and all of these things and probably butcher many of the names because it is something that I do horribly. Uh, Cache is from 2005, directed by Michael Haneke, which we have reviewed one of his films on this podcast. We did uh, the American remake that he directed, uh, Funny uh, Funny Games, which was a movie he directed 10 years prior in France. Uh, I assume France. I don't know, actually. I just now I'm assuming he's a French director. But... Um, Cache has an 83 Metascore, 7.3 IMDb user score, uh, stars Daniel Atoli, Juliette Benoche, I know I said that name right, um, <laughs> Maurice Benicio, uh, Annie Girat, Girardot, Girardot, we're going to go Girardot, um, and that's kind of the stars, actually, uh, everyone else in it has um, lesser roles, uh, you do have um, their son, I don't know how to say the name, of the sun. Do you know, is it Piriot? Piriot. 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 Uh, it's played by Lester McDonsky. That's the name. Um, and that's kind of the gist of it. Everyone else kind of bounces in and out. They're not like permanent fixtures. Um, so I, I've only seen Haneke's, uh, American remake of funny games. that has Naomi Watts and is it Gabriel Byrne? Uh, Who's her husband? In that? Oh my god! Now you said that, and I can't remember. And I like it's not Gabriel Byrne. That would be weird. I want to say Tim Roth. Mm, mm-hmm. 
hundred percent that is who it is. Okay, I was like, I um, loved him, and then I'm like, I'm questioning myself. <laughs> we watched that for this show. Um, it's a very dark movie, but a, a very well made film. I, I have not seen the original, and I need to kind of go back and watch it. Um, this movie, Cache, comes out two years before the American remake. Um, so it's interesting. It's very rare. It, it's not. It's happened a few times, but it's very rare for the um, American remake to be made by the same director. Uh, and a lot of times it doesn't work out. Um, but American remakes are very, very common because Americans tend to dislike movies with subtitles. So we'd rather just make a lesser version of the original film and watch that. Uh, proof is, as much as I love Spike Lee, Old Boy, great example. Original Old Boy, amazing movie. Spike Lee's version, not so good. But I do feel like sometimes it loses... I don't, I don't know. It loses something. For sure. Um, now, neither Corey nor I had seen Cache before. I picked this uh, for the movie, though. And I'm curious, Corey, to hear what you thought. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> not my favorite. I why? don't feel like I'm as versed in film as you or like anyone, actually. Um... So I feel like I must be missing something. But I didn't find it interesting. It's a thriller, but there wasn't anything thrilling about it. There was one scene where I legitimately covered my mouth and said, what the F? Um, but like, otherwise it wasn't compelling to me. I didn't really care about this story. It was pretty, pretty anticlimactic to me. Man, I I love this movie. Um, I had a really great time watching it. I was I was pulled in immediately, um, and that's with my current uh, stress level. That was not something I was I wasn't even really in the mood to watch this movie. And I started this movie on my phone, okay. trying to fit it into my day because I was trying to. Um, and I did have to pause and like take a not take a break from it, but I had to like, uh, stop and do something and then come back to it and. Um, I did when I came back to it. I did come back to it on the TV, but still, I started it on my phone, um, and uh, immediately got vi the vibe um, of the cinematic language just clicked for me so fast because the camera work is a hundred percent voyeuristic, which is why I dubbed you Corey R. Voyeur because yes. um, we are always at a distance uh, for so much of this film because we we are in the eyes of this person who is watching them. Um, it is, I, I would say it's mystery over thriller. Like thriller is definitely a part of it. And I think it's, it's a component, but the mystery is what crafts that is who is doing this. And um, I find something inherently creepy about the idea that, I mean, imagine if you got um, a video just dropped off at your doorstep of someone just filming your house for a long time. It's like a two hour video. I think they said, um, and nothing happens, but that's that, and that idea of like what could happen, what what's the intent, what's the reason this person's doing this, and then how it it kind of escalates. Like at the same time, still nothing's really happening, um, but it's the tension that's built from that that not knowing and that um, the family drama. I, I really thought I, I loved uh, Julia Binoche in this film, but I also uh, loved the lead Daniel Tuli, who I. I did not 
I've not seen anything else he's been in. I've seen several films Julia Binoche has been in. Several I have not seen that I, I have been on my watch list for a long time. But, um, I, I and again, I like Haneke in Funny Games, which you're a fan of. Mm-hmm. At least the American remake. I don't know if you've... Have you seen the French version? I feel like I have, but I like the American version better. Well, you're a big Naomi Watts and Tim Roth fan. And um, even though. Ah, yes. He's that's such a, a creep. I couldn't remember the and kid. He Bradley, is... what is his name? The other kid. He's such a creep, too. Brad, is it is it Renfro? No. Is it? No? No. Nope. Yeah, but they are. Um, I do want to see the the original to see how different that is without... Because those, those are all actors I'm very familiar Brady with. Corbett's. Uh, I imagine that I would not be familiar with any of the French actors in the original. Assuming, again, I'm, I'm putting a bold assumption that it is a French film, but... Um, I but I my only experience with him as a filmmaker uh, was that movie. Um, I did watch um, a YouTube video uh, that kind of just talked about Haneke a little more and this movie specifically. Um, I I also one of the things that I I was really intrigued by with this film, and I I won't get into specifics because I guess it could be considered a spoiler, but it is uh, a historical event in real life is kind of a key plot point in this movie which i knew nothing about and was kind of surprised um when i heard it and then i had to do some searching to, f- to find out uh what the de- like what really you know how what level of uh truth was in the film because just because you say something happened doesn't mean it actually happened but it, it 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 is a real thing um we'll talk about in spoilers but um man i i'm i'm not totally surprised because um you know, it is, it is a, it's a two hour movie and it, it's slow. Uh, but it's, to me, it's slow in a really impactful way, which obviously is not the case for you. Um, to be fair, you did watch it over two nights, right? Um, yeah. And then you did have to break it up into other pieces for like, you know, normal reasons, things that get in our way sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, movies like this do suffer when you can't let the the tone kind of be consistent um and obviously our our moods can affect that too um sometimes you're just not in a movie in a mood for a film like this because it is uh it's not maybe going to deliver what you're looking for you know um that's sometimes the case for me with like horror films where it's like i i want a horror film to do a and horror, this horror film is trying to do B, and B is just not what I'm in here for, and so I don't care. Um, which isn't fair to the movie, because if it's not trying to do the thing you're wanting, you know, it's like going to an American restaurant and asking for French food, and they'll be like, we don't serve French food. And I'm like, well, that's what I want. Like, and the customer's right. You know, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm totally kidding. Well, but, no, but for a movie, it's not. that's not wrong, though, right? Like, I mean... You, it, it is a subjective experience. And so your experience with the film is going to be impacted by your own, your own thoughts and beliefs and whatnot. So sure. Um, that said, I think we should just get into spoilers. I liked it. Corey didn't let's get into spoilers guys from here on out. We're going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned. So the, the voyeuristic aspect again is what pulled me in. Um, obviously whenever I think voyeuristic film, I think Hitchcock, um and rear window specifically that's kind of like to me the epitome of great voyeuristic movie making and uh 
that feeling of, of watching them because everything about this, we feel like we're at a distance from these characters. And I, I just was totally into that vibe and how it uh, affected the story and how it affects them. Um, because the, the main character, the husband is keeping her at a distance with information. Um, he's pretending he doesn't remember stuff that he clearly does. Um, and the, I think probably the disappointing thing for you is the mystery, which is the heart of this movie is never fully resolved at the end of the film. Yeah, there's no... I don't know. It It just seems so anticlimactic to me. Like, whatever, I can't talk this week. Um, there, There is no resolution, so it feels like there really aren't any stakes, because why is it really happening? Well, I, I think there's stakes. Um, a dude dies, uh, which did, is that the moment that shocked you? Yeah, that I, I, yeah, I just covered my mouth and it was so unexpected. Like, mm-hmm. although if you look at the poster, the blood splatter on the poster is the blood splatter flipped from the wall. Um, and cause like, I was wondering, cause the poster so poster. it's a white poster. Yeah. If, if you look at like IMDb, um, there the the poster or the box art for the the movie is like a white box with the word cachet and there's this red streak and i wasn't sure what it was if it was blood or not and it's 100 percent blood oh yeah oh but it is the uh the pattern of the blood spray blood spray from the guy except it's flipped uh horizontally so it's it's it looks like it's going from a different direction but yeah that that shocked me i thought that it um that it was good the blood was good the gore was good Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's not a lot. That's, like, that's it. Yeah. There, uh, the, also, there's just something about like I don't know. Like body horror like freaks me out. But like when people get their throats cut, it it's particularly like makes my skin crawl. Mm-hmm. Even you know he did it himself. But there's just something about that area that really. Well, that scene stressed me out too because the dude, like he, the where he kills himself is like in Locked front of in. the door. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god! And they they don't make us like deal with that, um, and it doesn't have the repercussions that I assumed it would have. Like I totally <laughs> thought he would be like arrested and accused for murder, um, but he, you know, he's not. Uh, but it's a clear suicide apparently. So like, you know, I guess that makes sense. Um, but the last scene did throw me off for a second because it's we've seen this shot before in the movie it's a wide shot of the front of of Pirio Piro school and I didn't see him Pirio at first so like I'm watching the scene and my eyes are not drawn to anything in particular because it's a wide shot of all these people are walking I like what's gonna happen I'm looking around looking around and it's almost over before I finally see him and he's talking to uh, who is it's hard to tell but i am very confident is the guy who killed himself's son um i never I, uh that he doesn't have a name it's literally oh, in the credits as majid's son i was gonna say i don't remember them saying it but uh, he's talking to Pirio, and you can't quite tell what's being said it looks very serious um but they end peacefully like he doesn't attack the kid or anything like that um and there's one element of the film that I felt was unresolved, but I think it's unresolved on purpose. And uh, the kid and the mom have like a really weird fight mm. where the kid seems to think that she is having an affair. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are some 
there's one scene where he like touches her i don't want to say like intimate and people think that it's like hypersexualized, but he touches her in a way when they're sitting together that seems kind of intimate like i don't know i don't even remember where he touches her or how he like touches her exactly i remember at one point he touches his wife's leg but it was in their office or something and it seemed a little off-putting to me and then that happened later on but so this movie um we never find out for sure who the voyeur was whether or not it was majid or if it was majid's son um but the the thing i hint i discussed uh was in 1960 mm-hmm. I, I remember last i think it's 61 um there was a uh very racially moved attack on the arab people in france um because of i don't have any of the details in front of me right now hang on a second i'm gonna look it up but um I, I knew nothing about this attack um, until the movie references it. And it, it's referenced because Majid's family is uh, works for um, the main character's family when they're kids. And his parents are, are killed at this event. And he becomes an orphan. And they're going to adopt him. But because he was jealous, he basically lies about the kid and get the kid gets sent away. And that's kind of the only indication of like revenge that the movie offers. But we don't. It doesn't seem like it's Majid, right? Like, did, did you feel like he was the one who was the um, the voyeuristic one who's doing all of this? No, but it also didn't make... S- I don't know, because even when um, we're seeing it, because like you said, all, almost all the shots in this movie are very voyeuristic. Like, when he commits suicide, I thought that there was going to be another tape because of the way that it was shot. Mm, yeah, me too. And then there wasn't a tape. But it doesn't make sense to me that things were being, because wasn't there a tape made inside of his home? The first time. Yeah. Yeah. The first time he goes to see him. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, that part, there's several factors about that, but this is, th- that's where you have to weigh, is it movie or is it um, something we're supposed to take as a plot point? Because like, realistically, even if it was him, even if he is the guy who's been filming everything he would have had to know that he was going to show up at that moment and to start the recording. Yeah. Right. Or like, cause you know, he didn't like knock on the door and then him answer, confirm it's him and then go back in the house and then come and get him. He comes right in with him. So that implies that that videotape was just constantly running. And that seems impossible because it was actual videotape. It's not digital at that time. Um, so, but that's again, is that just a movie thing? Cause movies do that all the time, right? We take liberties like that in tons of movies. We're like, Oh, why would the camera be rolling there? It's like, because it, it, it helps the plot move along. If the camera's rolling there, we just accept that and we move on. Um, unless you don't like the movie and then we use it as a reason to not, you know, to point out, I'm not saying you're doing that right now. I'm just saying that is what we do in general is that if, if we don't enjoy a movie, we're going to nitpick it and find things that we think are wrong. Well, it just bothers me that we don't really end up knowing who's, like, filming this family or why. Like, are they, you know what I mean? Like, are they trying to get back to him because he's a dirty, you know, he's scummy or, you know, I don't know. Because he works in, he has a book review show that seems to be, popular and popular well regarded mm-hmm. like did he do something to someone or does it shady somehow i don't know 
that's why it just didn't make sense to me. And I knew while I was watching it and thinking about it that, of course, if this happened to me, or of course, if this happened to someone I knew, it would be terrifying. But they're just, it didn't really, they didn't really convey, I don't know, didn't come across that they were very... I don't know. I thought they were very worried and that made me, you know, feel for them. And, um, you can see the tension between their, their marriage. Um, the, the thing is logically the only people who could have known about the, cause the images that are attached to the tape are like a bloody kid's face and then a bloody chicken. And those are two very specific things to Majid. So it, it really doesn't make sense for it to have been anybody else. Um, because like, how would they know those images from this kid's, this guy's childhood who mm-hmm. he did genuinely seem like he had forgotten about it until he saw it. And then once he saw it, he had a hint of who it was. Um, that, um, scene with the, the rooster as well. Um, mm-hmm. I buy my food at the store. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty, I don't know. I also got worried for the chickens when the car came rambling up <laughs> right through Me them. Too. I was like, because they were like, Where's... whatever, we're going to drive. Like Humane Society, who do y'all have on set? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. But um, that last shot, too, because we, like, well, there's two sequences that end the movie. We see the kid being taken from the house, um, Majid as a kid. We see him being taken from the house, and it's a, it's all from a real far distance. Like, I kept waiting for the camera to like turn around to show us who was watching, but it is kind of poetic that um, we film him from a distance for a long period of time as he's being taken from home. And we assume that that moment is what leads to him or at least his son filming the other guy. The implication that uh, Majid's son goes to talk to Pirio at the end of the movie either is to me that they work together, Mm. the two sons to punish the parents and the fact that the son seemed to be really really angry at the mom maybe that was his way of like getting back at her um was like tormenting her but he wasn't Uh, upset with his dad was he no but um maybe he yeah i mean it's i i don't and maybe none of that is even relevant it's possible um that it's that's not the point uh there this I think Haneke is going up for a lot of um, allegory, especially setting the, the real life event from the um, Parisian um, massacre is, is significant into what he's trying to say. Like there's no reason to set it with a real historical event unless there's some commentary about the world that we live in. And uh, the video I watched on YouTube said some really cool stuff. I was way too tired to remember any of it at this point. So um, I, forgive me for not having a deeper analysis of this, but my brain is a little fried. Um, so I, I was into it. I, I'm, I don't mind a film, uh, not giving everything because again, I don't think that's ultimately the point of what the movie's trying to do here. I think it's more about the allegory and less about the specific plot. I found the performances to be really, really compelling. And um, I I was a big fan of the cinematography and the style of the film. So for me, it was, uh, again, I was, I was hooked and that's um, lately, especially my attention has been uh, waning where I can't give myself to a movie completely as much as I would like to. And I had no issue with cachet. So. Did you give your Uh, rating? (laughs) 
I no, I didn't. Okay. Uh, but I will. Um, I, I for me, I think it's a must see. I I really enjoy it. I like. Um, I I love the performances. To be honest, I really like both the main characters, the husband and wife. Um, you could kind of tell that she was calling him on his BS. For sure. Like, well, what did you do to him? Well, you know, obviously this is because of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he keeps like, oh, I don't remember. And she's like, what the hell do you mean you don't remember? I know, and it, it, it still to me, like, they show us that he gets taken away. And I didn't like, because I feel like, was the person in the backseat with him just holding him there so he didn't run away? Like, I, I don't know. I felt, I was afraid that something bad was really happening in the backseat. If, you know, I don't know. That makes sense. But, um, yeah. It, just that he doesn't know he doesn't know um i'm gonna go with um a decent watch i feel like it's more me than the movie sure and again i think it's there's fair points here it is a movie that isn't going to give you all the answers and that can definitely be frustrating i won't lie that i wasn't like i rewatched the the last sequence because i'm like what am i missing there's got to be something here that i'm not seeing and then i, I did see like them talking but i'm like okay is this concluding something? And it's definitely not concluding something. It's, um, it's not the most open-ended movie. I think there is some. I think you can make some decisions and just, uh, you know, this is what they were saying. But it definitely is not outright saying it. It, it wants you to do the work, and I don't mind that um, at all. So, uh, that is it for our episode of Cachet. However. We have one more episode for uh, speaking my language, and it is Corey's pick, and it is a the second Jean Pierre Genois film that we are going to be reviewing uh, this month. We did um, Mick Max earlier, the very first episode of this month, and we are ending with the City of Lost Children. Um, it is, to my knowledge, and I'm double checking this. I don't believe it is streaming for free on anything, but uh, is this is not my first time seeing it. I actually got to see it. Um, at on a not on the big screen but on a bigger screen at a uh a interesting um my alma mater for uh my bachelor's degree uh had is they started a film program after i went there had no film program when i was there um and they started doing like weekly or i'm sorry monthly screenings at our local museum and i got to see this movie this is the only one i was able to attend but i i saw this movie there um because of uh, Amelie mainly because I'm a big fan of Amelie and Delicatessen, but Amelie's my my preferred of the two. Um, but Jean-Pierre Genois directs uh, Ch- City of Lost Children. It stars uh, Ron Perlman, um, which is kind of crazy because he, he does not speak French, uh, but this is a French film. Um, Dominique Pignon, who is in all of Jean-Pierre Genois' films that him. I've seen at least, but uh, me too. Uh, Judith Vidit, Daniel Emmelfolk, Jean-Claude Dreyfus, uh, Genevieve Brunette, Brene, probably, uh, Odile Mallet, uh, Marielle Mosse, and I'll stop there. Um, I, I like this movie, but, uh, Corey hasn't seen it, so we'll see, um, how she feels about it next week when we come back. Uh, in the meantime, if you like what we're doing, you can follow us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey, our star, two hours on the end. If you like what we're doing, we ask that you rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find us. Um, if you haven't already, check out Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Uh, we are currently covering Fantasia International Film Festival, and we have at least one more episode with that focus, maybe two. We'll see how that goes. Um, 
remember to wear your mask and keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.